Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Back here at Coalfield and Company on a Friday is uh, Mark McMillan is in for his uh, weekly NFL Insider Spot. And Mark is always generous enough to uh, bring in one of his pals from the past, former player in the National Football League, Vaughn Booker. You guys played together on the Chiefs. But, of course, Vaughn also played for the Bengals. The Bengals are in town against the Raiders. Oh, man, first of all, I appreciate you having me, uh, you know, being on the show, man. I always try to get some of my guys that I, I went to battle with. Um, I know you're a huge advocate of, uh, of professional football. You go hard in the paint. On social media, when the Chiefs are and the Bengals are not doing good, so first of all, uh, I appreciate you being on the show, big fella. Hey, no problem, man. I'm happy to be here and be a part of the situation. Now, you you were part of some some really good uh, teams. I, I always go back to Kansas City. You know, I don't know if you really like to talk about your Bengals days, but since the Bengals are playing Raiders <laughs> this weekend, what, what do you think about the uh, Cincinnati Bengals and their youth movement and what they have going on? I think they're headed in the right direction. I think. Um, for the most part, um, they got some key players in some key positions. I think as far as the offensive line, they might have to revisit that later on in the season if they can pick up a trade here and there or pick up somebody off the wire. But um, as far as the Bengals, I think they're going in the, in the right direction. Right now, this week, I am 100% a Bengal fan, though. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, whenever when everybody plays against the Raiders, it's like, you know, we're all in. And, you know, it, it's just something that, you know, obviously last week was – uh, you know, a big, a big performance from the uh, from the Chiefs overall. Um, I know we were, you know, we were struggling. I talked to Dana Hughes; he was on the show last week. Uh, yeah. what, what do you see, uh, you know, with the Kansas City Chiefs last week performance against the Raiders as to some of the performance from the previous weeks? I think um, they did what they had to do. You know, um, I think everybody in the league has now had two years of film on Patrick Mahomes in that high power offense, so they're. They're really defending against well deep for um, our, our long balls. And uh, I think we did what we had to do, you know, get back to basic football, take the underneath and just play regular football. And I think that's what they did last week. And, you know, I, I know, you know, Raider fans were really upset uh, last week. I, I, I showed up in the stadium in the Raiders section with my chief gear on and who I <laughs> running to Rod Charles Woodson. And he's like, oh, wow. He's like, come on, big dog. He said, but, you know, <laughs> since you did do a little work, you know, we could take the picture. But, you know, just give us a little uh, a, a little flashback of your days in Kansas City and going uh, and playing against the Raiders. Well, I, as you know, you were there. But um, Raider Week <laughs> was up. <laughs> yeah, Raider <laughs> Week was huge for us. You know, Marty Schottenheimer really emphasized the fact that all we had to do was play to the to the end of the fourth quarter. You know, the Raiders, they always played as well. Go ahead. I'm going to pause right here because I always talk about uh, Raider Week with Marty Schottenheimer. How did did you know it was Raider Week from Marty Schottenheimer? What was something that you took away that you knew it was Raider Week? Uh, First of all, he was going to tear up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was going to cry. He's a very passionate man. So when it came, became Raider Week, he just took it to a whole nother level. So um, that, along with um, the fact that we had Marcus Allen, you know, and he really um, tried to emphasize Marcus having a great game, which Marcus did, you know, every week. But Raider Week was just a special week. And we knew that um, all we had to do was stick together, play to the end. They were going to, at some point, shoot themselves in the foot. And it seemed to always play out that way for us. That's my man, Vaughn Booker. Now, you had an opportunity to play, uh, you know, some really good defense alignment. Obviously, you know, we lost uh, Pelham, uh, you know, tragically yeah. 
just like a shock. It was a shock to everybody. A uh, really good guy, down to earth guy. Uh, yeah. David Thomas was another guy on on that uh, on that defensive side of the ball. Give, right. give me a little insight. What was it like playing on the other side of Derek uh, during during game days? Well, first of all, it was, it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my NFL career. I know when I came from Canada, because you know I wasn't drafted. Um, I came in as an older guy. They didn't treat me as a rookie. You know, they took me <laughs> under their wing. They really showed me um, how to be a professional football player on and off the field. Derek, being the, the DT that I, I grew to love, he um, really just showed me. It's not about just football. You got to be a good person. Marty emphasized that also. He didn't want the best 53 players. He wanted the best 53 people. So I had to take that and incorporate that into my style of play, still being aggressive on the field, but playing smart. That's my man, Von Booker. I know you're a huge Cincinnati Bearcat fan as well. Yes, sir. How do you feel about the rankings and, and, your, and your squad getting, getting, getting the side eye? I kind of understand it just because of the conscience that we're in. But um, I think we've proven ourselves over the last couple of years that we can compete with any team in the, in, in the nation. So I just want us to have the opportunity to, to at least have a chance to go against one of those teams to show that we are as good as we say we are. And uh, that's all I want. I just want a shot at it. You know, and if we can just get a shot at it, even if we get blowed out, now you can talk. Now you can talk all the crap you want, but give us a shot. I mean, we have a great defense. We have a great quarterback and a great running back. So, and a great wide receiver. So, yeah, I, I think we'll do well against almost anybody. If we don't, if we don't hurt ourselves, we can beat almost anybody on any given Saturday. And I, I think there's a lot of schools out there that wouldn't want to play you guys. Um, yeah. You know, and like I said, they have a they have it going and. With all these job openings and and college football, I don't see how they can retain uh, the head coach with all the money that's going to be thrown out there. What, what do you think about that? I think Lou has really um, solidified his his place here in Cincinnati. I think he's letting the fans know that he's not ready to go nowhere anytime soon. He's trying to build a tradition here, and um, they start throwing them. They start, they start throwing them extra zeros on the back of that check. I understand that, but I think he's already been throwing a couple this way already. That he's kind of turned down, letting the city know that I'm here for the long haul, at least for the immediate future. So, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. I mean, of course, you throw too many zeros. <laughs> I mean, even as a, a, a alumni or a fan of the Bearcats, I I would understand that. I just get tired of these. Coaches coming in here, having a great year just to promote their own career. You know what I'm saying? I, I really wish we could just find somebody to stick with us and ride it, ride it out with us. We'll give them the zeros. Maybe yeah, not yeah, as many zeros, but we'll give them a couple zeros. <laughs> who, was, who, was, who would you say the best offensive tackle that you had to go against in your NFL career? Okay. Um, that's probably going to be Richmond Webb. And I say that only because as a, as a uh, rookie, I try to, you know, Bull rushing. No, I tried to spin around him and he stabbed me right in my sternum. And that's the first time I've ever been knocked off of both of my feet. And I didn't even jump. You know, as a defensive lineman, one of the rules, you never jump. But he hit me in my sternum. And it was like right in between where the, you know, the the um where you tie your shoulder pass up. So yeah. it kind of spaced out a little bit. So he got right on the bone. So yeah. <laughs> made me cough, made me lose my wind a little bit. But he was consistent with his hands. And another guy was um big big um Eric Williams with the Cowboys. You know he was always yeah. hard to go up against. He was just now, a I, mountain I'm, to get around. I'm gonna hold up for you right there because I know we had Eric on a couple of times, me and Steve, and we talk about Hall of Fame players. And Eric's not a big social media guy. He doesn't. He's not a rah rah guy. 
But on Sundays, I, hey. I really think this young man need, deserves an opportunity to at least have his name mentioned. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't been mentioned as of yet. But he was always a, a force to be reckoned with. And the only thing I would say about Williams is that he always hits you in your face mask. <laughs> like, I, I don't know how that was not a penalty. Almost every play, the first thing you do, he pop you in your face mask, make you blink, and then he just get a grab of you. And I mean, you're not, you're not going to move him. You know, and all he's trying to do is restart your, your momentum. And by that time, you know, Emmitt Smith is running through the hole. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So tell me, guys, I, I, we're talking to Von Booker and Mark McMillan's here. Um, what, between these two teams, the Raiders and the Bengals this weekend, like what – is there a process to kind of get over the hump? The Raiders have had good starts now in three straight years, and they may miss the playoffs for the third straight year after getting off to a good start. And we kind of know the Bengals are a little bit different. They're a younger team. But from your career, do you remember moments where you were like, hey, we finally got it? Like, was there is there a maturation process to get you to the point where you can make the playoffs? Yeah, I, I think, first of all, the fact that the Bengals are so young, they don't really have a lot of um, veteran leadership just as of yet. It's, it's hard for Burroughs to come in there, even though he's in the second year, to um, really be the leader of the team. He wants to be, but you that, that comes with maturity. You know, that comes with experience. So they don't really have anybody that's going to lead them on the field. Of course, they got the coach on the sideline, but you need a coach on the field. And I think once you get a couple of guys on both sides of the ball and special teams that can take that role, I think that's really one of the keys of getting guys to rally in the second half of the season to get you, you know, to the playoffs. And once you get to the playoffs, it's, you know, back to being 0-0. So I think that's one of the things. As far as the Raiders, though, they just um, one of those teams that, you know, and the Bengals used to be like this, come out, they, you talk about them highly in the preseason, you think they're going to have a good season, and then something happens to, throughout the um, beginning of the season, and basically their season is over. You know, and it's sad to see, but we can almost count on that at least when I was with the um, Chiefs, we almost counted on that, you know, <laughs> because they always played us well for at least three quarters, yeah. you know. <laughs> so we just had to stick it out. And, and once they figure that out and stop trying to live up to mystique of being the Raiders, you know what I'm saying, and just play football, you got to take care of the, what's on the field first before you can try to be the mystique of, you know, the black and silver or silver and black, whatever they call themselves. Hey, Vaughn, we appreciate you coming on with us. Hope everything's well. What else is cooking with you? You got any uh, events coming oh, up? Oh, he's any cooking now, holidays? Steve. Yeah, that's, that's what I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard. Is he, sing, is he singing somewhere? What, what else is going on? Oh, I'm definitely not singing anymore. But uh, <laughs> I, have, um, I have been thinking about starting a food truck. Mark has really been inspirational to me and, and the things that he does on the grill and, and all the sponsors he's getting. So if, if I want to do anything, I know I got somebody I can reach out to and, and I'll look at the blueprint on how to do it. So come on, I'm man. I got, taking... I, I got you, man. I got you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'm really considering it right now. I'm in Cincinnati. I'm trying to debate on if I'm going to stay here in Cincinnati. I'm going um, to take this winter and really try to figure out where I want to go next. But it may be out the AZ. I don't know. We'll see what's going to happen. Vegas. I'm telling them neck bones. You put them neck bones. You threw that. Hey, I was like, man, I, okay, okay. I work. I worked them neck bones, bro. I ain't gonna even lie. <laughs> Those song guns are so good, and I didn't even know that neck bones is that damn expensive. But <laughs> you know, but hey, I, I just continue to um, try to put my recipe book together. I know I'm six five, three hundred some pounds, and they hear me say recipe book, but I actually have one. <laughs> so I just, I'm just keep on trying to tweak that, and then when I do um, pull the trigger, hopefully things will go the way I wanted to go. Well, whatever, man. If I'm here to support you, if, you know, once you launch it, man, 
whatever you need on my end, you know, I, I'm all for it, man. Because you, you helped me get a, a, a ton of interceptions. You and DC, <laughs> I put well, the I pressure that. on the quarterback. So I don't want to take all the credit. Everybody's like, man, you had a great year. I was like, no, I had some dogs up front that was getting after the quarterback and, and making my life a lot easier on the back end. Well, I appreciate that, bro. You did that in return. Keeping that coverage, let them hold the ball a little bit longer for us to get to the quarterback. So it goes hand to hand. Y'all was breaking necks. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that defense was a little different. You know, I haven't, I haven't seen a chief defense like our defense since us. <laughs> you know, we have the kind of defense where we played on their side of the ball and then we just run to the ball. Yeah. You know, as long as you run, as long as you play fast, you're playing good. Even if you make a mistake, you make a mistake fast, you're going to wind up being in a good position nine times out of ten. So yeah, that's we how we Derek, thought about it. Yeah, we know Derek made a lot of mistakes, but he made them fast. And he was in yeah. like, you go in the, in the meeting room, and everybody's like, DT, what are you doing? You ain't supposed to be blitzing. Hey, I, I would look at DT and be like, how are you getting off the ball like that? You know what I'm saying? And then he finally gave me a secret. And he told me, book, don't look at the ball. Look at the quarterback's hands. By the time the quarterback do like that, you'll be right on time with the ball. And I did that. He said the only person you can't do that against is Elway because Elway knew what DT was doing. So he was yeah. hard counting <laughs> DT three yards across the <laughs> line of scrimmage. We looking at DT like, man, what are you doing? And then, of course, you know, he'll come back and get three or four or five sacks on, yeah, yeah. on somebody. So you can't really say too much about him when you're successful. So that's how I was. All right, Vaughn. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on with us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Y'all have a good time out there. And uh, this week, Go Bengals. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, we'll see you later. It's Von Booker. Uh, good conversation there. Uh, longtime NFL player, both with the Chiefs and the Bengals. All right, Mark, uh, before we get you out of here, because uh, we're not going to get a chance to talk to you next week because of Thanksgiving. So what do you got coming up this weekend and Thanksgiving week? You got any big plans? You're doing some charity stuff. What's cooking? Yeah, I got a, uh, I'm doing a charity uh, golf tournament this Saturday here out here in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. It'll be in Scottsdale at Talking Stick, where we'll be raising money for the Boys and Girls Club. So I'm excited about that. And then, you know, obviously, you know, I had the launch of my seasons this week. So I'm pumped for that. So we're going to put that on some turkey. Woo, baby. I'm trying to tell you, Steve Kofi, you better get you some of this season, baby. How uh, how do you do turkey? How do you cook it? You know what? I have a, I have a custom grill that's being made uh, that's going to be Kelly Green like the Eagles. And it's a, it's a, a, a pellet smoker, so... It should be here in uh, in Arizona next week, and I'm excited to put that turkey on that smoker, nice and low. Oh my God, we're gonna inject it with a little Creole butter, baby. Oh, Ooh, yes. you're, gonna be, you're gonna think you're back in the bayou if you taste a slice. Of There's this. nothing better than smoked turkey. Hey, we gotta mention uh, before we get you out of here, the Eagles are actually putting things together here, and I know a lot of people yeah. wrote off Jalen Hurts and especially wrote off Nick Sirianni, but I think he finally got the message about running a balanced offense. Um, I, I think once they start running the ball, um, it all started off in Detroit. Um, you know, they had a really good running game in Detroit and they took it over, uh, you know, to Denver. And, you know, it, it, things are just continue to happen in a good way. And, you know, using the running back and obviously they're supposed to get Miles, uh, you know, Sanders back this week, hopefully uh, against the Saints who have a really good team as well. But, you know, they have a quarterback situation problem there, but they're still a good defensive side, a good defensive team. But the Eagles are in ball games. And they're now winning those ball games that they were losing early. So, I know Philadelphia fans we were pissed off at uh, you know Seriani in the beginning, but if you look at what Jalen Hurst has been doing now that they started running the ball, he's more successful and creeping up the uh, creeping up the line the ladder of rookie of the year is my man Mr. Smith out of Alabama who's having a really good rookie season. 
Mark, enjoy the uh, the next 10 days or so. We'll catch up with you in a couple of weeks. And I appreciate you grabbing Von Booker. Good conversation there. Always fun to talk about Derek Thomas and that, that Chiefs defense as much as our yeah. uh, Raiders fans in town hate it. <laughs> I appreciate you having me on, man. Our buddy Mark McMillan, the former Eagle and Chief, along with former teammate Von Booker, big defensive end who played for the Chiefs and the Bengals. And, of course, the Bengals are in town to take on the Raiders. Speaking of that, best after party in town is right across the street from the stadium at Crazy Horse 3 Gentlemen's Club. Let's give away two more of the VIP packages. Ari will hook you up. Call her 6 and 7, 364-1100, You get a table. You get free entry for you and your friends. You also get a bottle or a bucket. And then you're in to the best after party in town. If you don't win one of these VIP packages, go over to Crazy Horse right after the game. The party goes down with Craig Salerno and Fox Sports Radio from 4 to 7. And well into the night, you got dozens of beautiful women. The kitchen at Crazy Horse is awesome. There'll be happy hour drink specials. And entry to the party is free if you have a ticket from the game. And it's right there on Russell across the street from the Al. 364-1100, your opportunity to get in to Crazy Horse 3 Gentlemen's Club with a VIP pack. Call right now. Get out to that party. 4 o'clock start, Sunday, Crazy Horse 3 Gentlemen's Club. Stick around. Cofield and Company returns in minutes in the Finley Toyota Studios. Hey, it's Tyler Bischoff from the Press Box. And after moving to Vegas from the South, I haven't quite found a barbecue place that measures up. Well, that changed after I went to Smokin' Pig Barbecue. It was slow cooked the traditional way with incredible ribs that melt in your mouth. And you have to try the best appetizer in Vegas, the chicken lollipops. It's a drumstick wrapped in bacon. It's Smokin' Pig Barbecue on Las Vegas Boulevard at Craig Road. Smokin' Pig Barbecue. When you're here, you're family. Chevy trucks are known for their legendary dependability and capability. And right now is the right time to find your next Chevy truck. It's time to forge ahead with Chevy Silverado. It's time to take on new challenges. And it's time to take it to the next level. It's the perfect time to do more in your next Chevy truck. See your Southern Nevada Chevy dealers. Twas the season of cheer and joy filled the town, except for Scrooge with his perma frown. The gift of a Peloton bike touched his soul without doubt. When your workout's a joy, it's a joy to work out. This Black Friday, get the original Peloton bike at our best holiday price ever. $1,495, all access membership separate. Terms apply. See website for details. How would you like to watch more local news in a lot less time? 7 at 7 is the only newscast that gives you all the news you need in 7 minutes at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. weekdays. It's powered by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and LVRJ.com. Fresh headlines, sports, weather, entertainment, breaking news, and more at your fingertips. So download the RJ News app on your phone and start watching 7 at 7 today. The holidays are your time to shine at West Star Credit Union. To help prepare for holiday shopping, Weststar is here to help you with our holiday loan special. Now through December 30th, you can receive a holiday loan for up to $3,000 for a 12-month term with an interest rate as low as 4.99% APR. Stop by a branch today or apply online at bankwhereyoumatter.com. Terms and conditions apply. For more information, call 800-729-9328. Weststar, where you matter. 
Jaguar Land Rover Henderson, Southern Nevada's newest luxury dealership, has opened its doors and we're ready to exceed your expectations. For a limited time, mention this radio ad and receive a 10% discount off your next service appointment while utilizing our unparalleled same-day service appointments by calling 702-955-5720. Jaguar Land Rover Henderson, an all-new Finley Automotive luxury dealership located in the Valley Auto Mall. Or visit us online at jlrhenderson.com. Above and beyond. Maximum discount of $400. Offer expires 11-30-21. JT from meetupvegas.com. Your connection to the finest meat exclusively sold to the finest steakhouses that have never been sold to the public until now. In Vegas, you need a great hookup. And I got it for you at meetupvegas.com. Steaks, chicken, burgers delivered right to your front door. Now you have what the great chefs have in Vegas. Go to meetupvegas.com, code word JTBrick. That's JTBrick, the code word, meetupvegas.com. Hey, it's Tyler Bischoff from the Press Box. And after moving to Vegas from the South, I haven't quite found a barbecue place that measures up. Well, that changed after I went to Smokin' Pig Barbecue. It was slow cooked the traditional way with incredible ribs that melt in your mouth. And you have to try the best appetizer in Vegas, the chicken lollipops. It's a drumstick wrapped in bacon. It's Smoke and Pig Barbecue on Las Vegas Boulevard at Craig Road. Smoke and Pig Barbecue. When you're here, you're family. I'm attorney Paul Powell. If you've been in an accident, who do you call? The funny lawyer? The angry, aggressive lawyer? The lawyer that your mom's brother's friend's cousin recommends. Now, call me instead. I'm the guy the insurance companies don't want you to call. Really, they really don't. I can help you, and I won't take more money than you at the end of your case. Check it out. If you're tired of greedy lawyers, call 728-5500 or go to paulpowell.com. I really can help. Paul Powell. More lawyer, less fee. Some restrictions apply. Are you ready to celebrate your next win? Turn big plays into major paydays at BetMGM. Download the BetMGM mobile sports betting app today at BetMGM.com or from your app store. Then, stop by any of the nine MGM resort destinations on the Strip with your state-issued ID to verify your account details, and you'll be able to place bets from anywhere in Nevada. Get set for nonstop excitement with dozens of sports betting options available on the BetMGM app, including live wagers, props, parlays, and much more. From epic touchdowns to lighting up the lamp to spectacular slam dunks, BetMGM takes every play to a thrilling new level. And there's nothing like getting a W at the place they call the king of sportsbooks. Sign up online and verify your account in person to get a piece of the action at BetMGM. Don't let another game day go by without having one of Nevada's best betting apps in the palm of your hand. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Nevada only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. This sports update is brought to you by Finley Volvo Cars, Las Vegas' fastest-growing luxury brand, putting safety first since 1927. Tonight, a rubble doubleheader as both football and men's basketball are playing ranked opponents here in Las Vegas. The Rebel football team hosts San Diego State at Allegiant Stadium with kickoff set for 8.30. While over at T-Mobile, the running Rebels take on University of Michigan with tip-off scheduled for just after 9.30. Second half of the program on the way. Hook up with Terry Mills, former Michigan basketball player, now on the broadcast on the radio side. He's in town for the game tonight, so Adam should be over the moon on that one. Who else do you want on the show? Ari, Antoine Joubert, 530. Let's go. That's a good one. I'll take that. Eric Riley, 545. Wow. 
this is a loaded show. I can't wait. I'm excited. He had no reaction. He actually, he reacted with who? A little too hardcore. Wait, who did? Ari. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. We'll try for it next week. You could say Glenn Rice and Ramil Robinson, and oh. Ari would be like, huh? There'll be, uh, there'll be topics of conversation with Terry Mills is on in just a couple minutes. So, uh, Sammy Hagar is playing this weekend at the game. Yes. Pretty cool. That's one of my favorite songs, Can't Try 55. I mean, I, I don't. I can't. I don't think I have a favorite Sammy Hagar song okay. to start things. Are you suggesting they don't play that song at the game with the recent happenings? It would be a bit insensitive. I mean, I'm, I'm not offended or, by. Any, I'm not. Or is that overthinking by, things? Will I think it's someone... definitely overthinking things. But I think there, there'll be people that would be outraged by that. Right. I, I just think it's probably best not to. I, I, to me, I've never been offended by anything, ever. It's impossible to offend me with a, a joke or a comment or anything, especially that. Would be clearly unintentional, but I'm sure there's people out there that would be outraged by that. And you understand the, the sensitive nature for sure. Yes. All right. I wouldn't play it. That's all I'm saying. Moss Tequila also off the table. Probably. Yeah. What is he going to play? Well, I don't think every song he has is about drinking and driving. By the way, the 55 uh, and the drinking are actually not songs about drinking and driving. They're just about driving and drinking. Two separate songs. Yeah. Right. I mean, I I couldn't. We're in a very we're in a very on edge world. I was just trying to think about. It. I couldn't tell you a Sammy Hagar song. Apparently, Ari could tell you a bunch. He even he even played a good one early in the show. Did he? Was it a? Well, it was David Lee Ross singing, but he thought it was Sammy Hagar. But these things oh, happen. Right, he's right. a he's sure. a DJ. He's a hip hop DJ. They were part of the same band. I didn't think right now is the vibe for this. You don't think right or, now is the that's vibe what for I this? had in my system. So I <laughs> okay. No, I got fooled. Right. It's true. All right. Uh, update on the uh, COVID front. Yeah, I'm just pointing it out. I just I can see someone being freaking, you know, freaking out about it. Um, so the Pittsburgh, LA game is a little weird because we thought Joey Bosa was out, but maybe he's not out. He is considered a close contact, but if he gets two negative tests, he can play by Sunday. And it turns out the two guys who are positive, Drew Frank will miss last week's game. Christian Covington are the positives for COVID on the Chargers roster. And then we know on the other side, um, I don't think it has anything to do with COVID unless I miss something. TJ Watts out, but he's been off injured this year. So yeah. you're talking about two of the best pass rushers out in that game. And uh, that line is still relatively high because we have, have we got an update on Big Ben? Uh, I haven't seen it. No update, right? No. I think he's probably one of those players that could play without practicing, but it's not easy. Uh, coming up a little later in the hour, we'll get you an update on what's going on with uh, Antonio Brown and his uh, – Vax card, and also we got to get some feedback from Adam on what we do with the Patriots now that they're seven and four. And man, people were going gaga last night about where the Pats are and how good Mac Jones looked at, especially looked, especially in the first half. But as promised, uh, let's get into a little Michigan basketball. They're taking on the Rebels tonight. Betting has actually been on the Rebels. Uh, the number is down to plus twelve. It was plus fourteen last night. Can they compete in this one? We'll find out more about the Wolverine roster from a former Wolverine. To Bryce Hamilton. Bryce in the lane. Bryce all the way under. Bryce, tough shot as he's going to the ground. It crawls over the rim and in, and it's a seven-point lead for UNLV. You're listening to Cofield & Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Bryce Hamilton with the bucket. He's going to have to have a big night tonight. 
as the Running Rebels are playing a 9.30 game at the back end of a doubleheader. Arizona-Wichita State opened things up at 7 o'clock over at T-Mobile. But, yeah, the Running Rebels are out there going against a really good Michigan team. A Michigan team coming off a loss, so certainly going to be hyper-focused now after losing to Seton Hall. And Terry Mills is on the games. He played at Michigan as a national champion uh, back in 1989, and he joined Stephen Adam here in Vegas. Terry, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How about you guys? Uh, we're good. We're looking forward to this game. You know, it's always cool when uh, UNLV gets some of the, the big programs in town, and this is a, a really cool tournament setup, and I'm sure for you guys, uh, this is really cool for Michigan to get a, a quick trip into Las Vegas. Uh, yes, it is, you know, and uh, I think we'll we'll have a pretty uh, strong fan base. I'm not real sure of what our fan base look out, out this way, but I know in Los Angeles it's, uh, it's very strong, and it'll be very interesting to see uh, what kind of fan base we have here. If we go in the Wayback Machine, uh, you know, AAU was gigantic here in Vegas for a long time. Um, did you ever go? Did you ever come to Vegas when, when you were uh, a prep? No, no, I never made it out to Vegas. I've probably been everywhere else, but yeah. like you say, it was very big, but I, I didn't make it out to Vegas. Well, let's talk about this edition of the Wolverines, and the team is built around a really good big guy, kind of a throwback big guy in Hunter Dickinson. Yeah, well, Hunter, he's been the load. You know, he's been carrying the load all season long, and I don't think anything will change tonight. You know, Hunter's been a constant professional all season long. And what I like about his game the most is that he hasn't tried to do anything, you know, out of his circle about what he normally doesn't do. Um, sometimes when you get guys that go to the combine and then they kind of give you feedback, you know, you test the waters a little bit, you know, all of a sudden you come back and try to do all the things that they said that they want to see. So, but I think he's been uh, laser-focused and uh, and just trying to lead this, this young group of guys. He's so fundamentally sound as a big guy. Where where does he still have strides to make? Well, you know, I think uh, in, in some instances they'd like to see him, you know, use his right hand a little bit more, whether he can go to the right-hand jump hook. Uh, this is just my observation. Uh, him being able to step away from the basket and knock down a you know, face-up jump shot. Not necessarily a three-point shot, but, I mean, if he can knock that down, that only adds to uh, his repertoire. But I just think overall that's what they would like to see. And I I think he put the work in over the summer and, you know, got his body right. And, you know, I think it's going to pay dividends. What went wrong uh, in the loss for Michigan? I don't think a lot of people expected. I will say I've seen Seen Hall play a couple times now. They are a lot better than I thought they'd be. Um, But Michigan had a lead in the second half kind of fell apart down the stretch and then uh, had an opportunity to make free throws late, didn't make them. But what went wrong overall in that game? I, I think execution down the stretch. Uh, I thought that uh, Seton Hall did a good job at, you know, putting on a full court press, turning up the pressure a little bit on us, and uh, we weren't able to sustain that. And, you know, uh, another big one was offensive rebound. And we gave up one offensive rebound in the first half, nine in the second. And, you know, that's just a recipe for disaster, especially when the team is on the road. They can get some offensive rebounds and some steals. They'll start playing, paying dividends. So who who else should uh, the fans that are out here that are waiting uh, to see this team play, uh, who should they be looking for? Uh, obviously, Eli Brooks is a very good player. Brandon Johns is really struggling early on in the season. Yeah, I think uh, Kobe Bufkin, uh, the freshman out of Grand Rapids, I think that's a guy you can definitely keep your eye on. I've seen some good things come from him, and I mean, you, you know Eli Brooks, he's just been steady. I like to call him the uh, the professor. You know, he kind of 
keeps the calm amongst these guys. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, to be honest with you, I think Frankie Collins might even, you know, a local guy here, might even get some extended minutes or get some playing time here. And uh, I've, I've seen growth from him in practice, and, you know, I think it's going to eventually start carrying over to the floor. Terry Mills, um, Michigan great, now on the radio broadcast is with Cofield and company here in Vegas. How about uh, trying to replace Mike Smith? Oh, yeah, you know what, that, that's tough. You know, uh, you know, I've been calling these games for some time from, you know, Derek Walton to, you know, Simpson to, you know, just, just a slew of guards. And I think what Dante Jones is doing is, is just really trying to find his way and trying to fit in, you know, and I think we're going to need more leadership from him. Uh, his numbers have been, you know, to me, kind of off the chart. You know, I mean, he had, what, 12 rebounds last game. So he's a physical player. And I think as, as the season goes on and on and, and he understands the physicality that, you know, the Big Ten and, you know, some of these top-notch programs are going to demand, I think he'll start to turn his game up. It's Cofield and company. We're getting ready for the 930 game tonight. UNLV is taking on Michigan. For you, does does playing UNLV, I mean, it, it just hasn't been, you know, at the same level it was in the 90s. So they've been trying to fight back to get there and they haven't been to the tournament in uh, eight or nine years. What, what does it mean to you to see, you know, Michigan taking on UNLV? Well, you know what? It's just like you just said, it's not going to be uh, the same one and Rebel team that, that I'm accustomed to. I'm used to the Tarkanian teams. Teams are trying to beat you to 100. You know, they're full court pressing. And you've got a UNLV team right now that's scoring 60 points and, you know, trying to control the tempo of the ball game. So, I mean, I think the possess, uh, possessions of the basketball – is going to be very, very uh, crucial in this game. Uh, I think another area that Michigan can expose is probably, you know, their big guys. You know, Michigan being a bigger team, I don't think that UNLV necessarily has the size. So if Michigan can dominate in that painted area, not only with Hunter. I mean, be on the lookout for Musa Diabate. I mean, I think this kid is going to got star written all over him. So uh, keep eye on him tonight. But if Michigan can dominate that painted area, take care of that basketball, they'll be okay. When you look back on your career at Michigan, uh, you know, you win the championship. Was that actually the best roster you had? Because I was looking back at your sophomore year, and it's like Gary Grant and Glenn Rice averaging over 20 points a game. You were a sophomore. You were 12 and 6. Louis Vaught, who had a good NBA career, was on the roster. Ramil Robinson, Sean Higgins. I mean, there were some teams that were just loaded with talent. Yeah, we were definitely loaded with talent, you know, and I'm glad we were able to – to win it all because the expectations was there that, you know, we were supposed to win it every single year because we were loaded and, uh, you know, with NBA talent, you know, and it just all gelled, it all came together and, uh, you know, it all worked out. You know, I got, had an opportunity to see a good friend of mine, Sean Higgins, who lives here in Vegas. He'll be here at the game tonight, so we'll be able to have a little small reunion and chop it up a little bit. But, uh, you know, other than that, you know, it, it was just just great teams. And one thing I could say about those teams is it's a brotherhood that will never be broken. You know, I mean, we stay in contact with each other, you know, uh, not by texting. I mean, we literally pick the phone up and call one another and, and we have <laughs> conversations. So uh, that's a good thing. All right. Well, good deal. We appreciate a couple minutes. Anything else, Adam? Uh, I, I just want to get your thoughts on the Big Ten early on. We came into the season, at least I did, believing this was a juggernaut conference. They were just going to blow people away. We've seen some struggles. So where is the Big Ten as a whole? Well, you know what? I think the Big Ten is trying to find their way. 
you know, I'm not going to sit up here and uh, throw flowers on the Big Ten right now because I think a lot of people did that last year. And then when the tournament started, what, uh, seven of them got eliminated real early. And I think we were the only ones hanging around. So I think that, you know, the biggest change that I think that you're going to see right now is with that fifth-year senior being able to come back and guys having that extra year, that some of these younger guys are playing against grown men. And I like to say grown men when you're, when you're 23, 24 years old and you've got a freshman guard, you, believe me, it's, it's kind of like night and day. So I think that's going to be a big factor as this season goes on is that those teams, like a Seton Hall who had four returning players and three or four uh, grad transfers, I think those type of teams are going to really make a difference. So it's going to be really important that Michigan's younger players, like a Caleb Houston, uh, Musa Biate, you know, kind of develop and come along. And I've always said, and I've told uh, a lot of our fan base, is that, you know, as the season goes on, we're going to take our lumps. And I knew coming into this season we weren't going to go undefeated by no means. But, you know, when you got a fan base that's used to winning all the time and all of a sudden you lose the game and people just kind of look at you like, hey, you weren't supposed to lose that game. We're not as good as we were or are supposed to be. So I think you just got to hang in there. You're going to take your lumps. And, you know, you even look at the Fab Five when they came in. They end up going to the finals. But I tell you what, their record wouldn't tell you they were going to a final because I think, what, what were they, 11-7 and seven in the Big Ten? You know, so, you know, you just got to let all this play out. And uh, I like the guys' camaraderie. You know, I think these guys uh, really like each other. And I think it's all going to work out. Terry, we appreciate a couple minutes. Thank you so much. Enjoy the trip uh, here in Vegas, and we'll see you at the uh, the games tonight at T-Mobile, okay? All right. Thanks, fellas. There he is, Terry Mills. Big fella. 6'10". I was just looking back. Uh, he's not that much older than me, but uh, in I, I was, like, very much into college basketball. I am now, and I especially was even as a high school student. I used to buy all the little recruiting things, like Bob Gibbons recruiting guide, and uh, just looking at – an old note that uh, Terry Mills coming out of high school was the number two prospect in the country in 86, 86, as he was just behind uh, also a familiar name, J.R. Reed. You were already doing college radio at that time, right? Wasn't quite, no. <laughs> okay. You know what I was doing? And I don't, did I ever tell you this in high school? Just the getting, like having the idea that I might want to do this. I actually was the PA guy at the high school in football. Were you awful? games. I have no idea. I probably overdid it. I'm sure I probably did, you know, some in, impression of what I thought it should sound like. You know who's the best play-by-play guy, like a youth sport level I've ever seen is my brother. What? He's fantastic. It's the one thing I've ever seen him succeed at. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that goes back to my basketball junkie days, and I know you're you're a gigantic Michigan fan because, of course, you're from Ann Arbor. Um, yeah, Terry Mills, Romulus guy, and uh, those teams were – those, those were insane. I actually, you know, some of the first college basketball I saw in person was uh, Michigan basketball going all the way back to like probably 84, 85 at the Garden in a preseason NIT. And I, the reason I mentioned and I remember the name, Antoine Joubert, because he was on the team back then and Tim McCormick. And now I just blanked on one of the other big guys, but uh, like loaded roster. But great basketball tradition in Michigan. But that said, that said, UNLV has a chance to hang in this game because both teams are not developed yet. And Michigan's building their their program. It's you know it's a top ten program. They're doing a hell of a job. They everyone is kind of building what they do year to year differently. Like Michigan is still into getting top forty guys, and they've got a couple of top forty freshmen. Like how do you mix them in? How much playing time do they get? They brought in this Devonte Jones, who was at what Charleston? Was he at Charleston? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, I think, right. And he's yeah. and and you know Mike Smith from a year ago. Mike Smith, small guy, Ivy know, League guy, five, five nine, but Ivy League guy, but a small guy, strong guy. But this guy, this guy's a truck. This guy averaged like eight rebounds a game last year. He's six one two hundred, but he's a different type of player. And then you're building around Dickinson, who you know could have gone. You get him back for an extra year, and then you've got these programs out there like Arkansas and Texas that are like, you know, what, we'll keep three guys, and everyone else is going to be new. It's funny. I was because I, you know, I followed all the transfer portal stuff, and I was looking at. Uh, an Arkansas box score, and I'm like, uh, new, 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 <laughs> new. Like, Must is like, we'll have a whole new team every year. That's and, what he always and, does. And Beard will, but you see what I mean? Like, there are some pro, like, everyone is kind of in this feeling out process. Like, do we, can we keep guys for four years? Do we want to have freshmen on the team? Do we go with six newcomers every year? Do we go with 10? Do we go with nine? Um, and then he just brought up a really good point, Terry Mills, that a program like Seton Hall may have some transfers, but Seton Hall may build around nine guys who stay around three and four years. And early in the year, when you're trying to mesh, they've already meshed from the year before. And they stomped Yale and Michigan back-to-back over three days, and I watched both games. It sucked. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Gambling. I'm going to kill your bookmaker. I'm going to rip his throat out. I will step on his throat until the man chokes. Let me tell you how. Winners, 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 winners. Free, 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 free. Hi, right, sports betting. Let's uh, hit a couple of numbers and notes, some news. I do want to get to the latest with the AFC playoff odds. I find the will uh, make the playoffs, yes, no, fascinating. And where the Raiders rank with a 5-4 and four record, I think you'll be blown away by that. And what people think of the Raiders or what the books think of the Raiders, what the betters think of the Raiders. Next year, could we be talking about a 12-game, check that, 12-team playoff in college football instead of what we've got right now, which – uh, this is going to be one of the worst, most disputed years because you're going to have a ton of teams with one and two losses that could be in the three and four hole, like all the way down to the to the number 12 team. And there's going to be some teams left out that the books are going to tell us they should be in. You know, right now we've seen things tighten up a little bit, but we still potentially have a, a – well, what is the – you know what? I was actually thinking about Michigan being in, but they're not in. So the latest numbers – Still have Oregon in, and Oregon is a just a massive dog because it's not very highly rated. Yeah, by Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I think this is, and this is, by the way, what I've often talked about that Vegas should be setting the playoff field. People would be infuriated on years where there's like a four-loss team in over an undefeated team. Uh, but if well, it's well, prime example, if Wisconsin, if Wisconsin wins out and wins the Big Ten title game, Vegas says absolutely they're a top four team. But people will look at the record and go, no way. Yeah, yeah, and that—that's, you know, sorry, uh, that's a much more, you know, even though it's still subjective on some level, it's a much more objective approach of, hey, these are people that they have to be right to make a living, like there's a there's something behind their their opinion and their thought in their system more than, I thought the team looked good. Yeah, it's an eye test. <laughs> yeah. Georgia six and a half right now. Uh, if this is uh, actually the playoff field, the C, uh, CFP field, the Final Four field, um, Georgia six and a half against number four Ohio State, Alabama fourteen in a two-three matchup over Oregon. What would Vegas have? It would have Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Michigan, 
Uh, Georgia would be 14 over Michigan in the 1-4. Alabama would be 2 over Ohio State in the 2-3. The remaining teams, the next six would be some combo of Wisconsin, Texas A&M, Oklahoma, Cincy, Oklahoma State, Ole Miss. Uh, right now, Oregon would not be in the top 10. <laughs> pretty crazy. And they're it's, number three. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. but And it's jarring, I think, for a lot of people to, to see it that way. But that's where it is. Now, the the fact of the matter is a lot of this is going to get cleared up over the next couple of weeks. Some teams are going to lose, and it'll look a little clearer, we think. Maybe it'll be less clear. Uh, but I think it'll look a little, little clearer when you know, Ohio State plays Michigan, and one of those teams is knocked down. I think it's going to be less clear because I think there's a good chance Cincinnati can run the table and remain unbeaten. I think there's a good chance that Notre Dame can run the table and remain with one loss to Cincinnati. I think the Big Ten will cannibalize itself. The Big 12 will further cannibalize itself. And I'll use it one more time, more cannibalizing in the Pac-12. So that'll mean you'll have a slew of one, two, and three lost teams. And it'll just be like, hey, we deserve to get in, not Cincinnati and Notre Dame. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this. like if, if Alabama were to lose again, I would have them in over an undefeated Cincinnati team. What if they get destroyed by Georgia? Yeah, still have them in. Doesn't matter? Yeah, it doesn't matter. What, even, what even, would, though, even though Cincinnati and that Peach Bowl, which, we, which we've argued many times, <laughs> competed with Georgia. Sure. I mean, you know, I, I think I often I just watch, don't. I just don't think we can pick and choose which games matter and which teams care. Well, and, regular season games matter. And, I, I mean, you know, I, I saw uh, a couple of, you know, I used to go to spring training every year, and I used to see, like, college teams beat MLB teams. I mean, that's, it's, that's stupid. It's exhibition. Yeah. Now you're being absurd. Bulls are exhibition games. They're fine. I'm not responding to it, so you can <laughs> you can fine. throw out the bait. It's just silly. It's fine. So Dan Patrick said 12 team next year. How he did, did that happen? He has a report that that there's some sort of negotiating window. Uh, I I can't get listen. I you know that I how I feel about the entire system, but there's some sort of negotiating window where it, this could happen by December, and they have to make it happen by December for it to happen next year because the next window possible is 2025. So if it doesn't happen next year, it's going to be way down the road. He says that it will happen in December uh, at the next meeting and that this is going to go forward. Other people have now shot down his report. We will find out. I, I'm, I'm he, I'll tell you what, he was, pretty, he was pretty good during the uh, scheduling stuff and the COVID stuff yeah. before the 2020 season. Yeah. Like, like real good. That this was going to be canceled. This would be the date. This would be when they've now changed their mind and they're coming back. Yeah, hopefully. He's got good sources on this, and he's right. And we go to 12. Now, I still think we have to go to 16, but 12 is a good start. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.